fox is a phoenix, Harry. They burst into flames when it is time for them to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then they are reborn from the ashes. Is that Margaret Thatcher? <laughs> it started out as Dumbledore, but yes, it became Margaret Thatcher of the way. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wizard's Pod. My name is Jay. And I am Dee. And this is episode number four. Welcome to episode four. All right. Last time I forgot to mention that it was our 10th episode overall. Uh, We are officially in a double digit count right now as of last episode. Because today's episode, episode four of season two, is season 11. As you know, we have seven episodes. Episode 11. Oh my goodness. Episode 11. This is episode 11 overall. Because we have seven episodes per season. Cool, cool. I just had to mention that because I thought it was a fun milestone. We have so much to cover today while we analyze the fourth part of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Should we dive in? I am ready. Let's do it. The first scene that we're going to start with today is when Harry learns from Ron and Hermione that being a parcel mouth also known as parcel tongue, meaning that he could talk to snakes, is a rare skill even in the wizarding world. And it's a skill that Salazar Slytherin used to have, adding more fuel to the suspicious suspicions that Harry may be the heir of Slytherin, who is causing all these attacks at Hogwarts. Uh, take it away. Um, kind of interesting that he didn't tell Ron or Hermione that he could speak to snakes. You know, it would be like one of the first things that I'd say is like, yo, I speak to animals. Because he says in this scene that he thinks it's normal. Yeah. It's yeah. for him, he thinks that's normal as normal as to say, hey, did you know that I used to do these weird things that now have a magical explanation when I was living in the muggle world? He probably thought it was just one of the many things. It's, I, I don't know. It, I find it interesting. You, If you remember, Voldemort, young Voldemort, mentions it immediately when he meets Dumbledore. He's like, I can speak to snakes, by the way. You know? That's a little different because Dumbledore went to find him. He was living in the Muggle world and they didn't quite know the people around him, that he was a wizard. Whereas yeah. in Harry's world, there was an entire community of wizards that knew of him and his existence, so they didn't pay attention to all the things that he could do. They knew that he had magical powers. They didn't bother checking yeah, every single Yeah, but symptom. Voldemort said it himself. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I get it. but it just, It's just interesting. I don't know. This is the first time, I think, that Harry finds out that from others, in this case from Hermione and Ron, that when he's talking to snakes, he is not articulating the words in English. Oh, true. In the first movie, he does speak to a snake, but because it's just him and the snake at the time, we see Harry speak in English, but maybe he wasn't. Yeah, interesting. And then this is the first time that, again, he's in a zone. He's telling him to not attack Justin, but he thinks he's speaking English, but in fact, he's not. So... So parcel mouth is not really like a language. It's more like a, you know, a magical language. 
it's not like a regular language because you know if you heard let's say i don't know you speak spanish and english if you heard spanish and english you'd understand both of those but you could understand that you're listening to spanish while harry doesn't seem to understand that he's listening to you know snake language because it comes naturally to him or to whatever is inside of him so it's kind of also a subconscious thing if you think about it yeah like, but like yeah, yeah what i'm trying to say is that like it doesn't seem like a second language in the natural like except in, it can be picked way. up ron clearly picks it up six years later five years later yeah and it works <laughs> yeah, i don't know if he picks it up or if he just like tries it but i know that dumbledore understands it but he cannot speak oh it. really i yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah. that where do they reference that i don't think i think in the sixth movie since sixth movie and book um they reference that book i know i think i think they do when they're going back in the gaunt house and yeah when they're going in the gaunt house they can like dumbledore understands what's going on so very interesting one other thing i noticed about this scene is that it is probably the first one in the series so far in which we see the Gryffindor common room during the day. I could be wrong, but most of the time, if not always, we see it at night because students are usually in classes during the day and that's where most of the action is. Or when they arrive at Hogwarts at the beginning of the school year, they, they arrive, arrive at night. At night yeah. But when the three of them are having this discussion, they are in the Hogwarts common room in daylight. Yeah. And we'll, we're going to have more of these scenes, at least in this movie, but it's just something that caught my attention. I've never in my head pictured being in the Hogwarts or in the Gryffindor common room at any time during the day. I had some thoughts about that as well. It, it looks smaller than what I imagined it when reading the books, like way smaller. I imagine it like four or five times bigger. It's supposed to have, I think Hogwarts is supposed to have like, a thousand students we've something. been over this yeah. in the movie that's not the case yeah, in the movie right. it's about 70 students per house yeah 70 students per house so i can see it housing 70 students yeah, per for house 70 students not everybody fine. will yeah. want to hang out in there some people will be at the library and it has two it has multiple levels maybe but there is some balconies around yeah it. from the first movie right and you, you and i will reference them later again they will show up um probably in the next episode but some students can hang out, you know, in those balcony areas. So, yeah, I mean, it could be bigger. I agree with you, but right. yeah. it's do a good have, observation. Do you have anything else about this scene? I do. All right. There is a deleted scene right after this one where Harry is alone with Hedwig mm -hmm. on top of a hill looking at the Hogwarts castle from afar. It is only a few seconds long, but uh, I like it for two reasons. Number one, it helps the plot because it shows how Harry is feeling alone and ostracized. confused, ostracized. And he explicitly says to Hedwig, who am I, Hedwig? What am I? Yeah. Not only does he say that, but he's alone outside of the Hogwarts castle, seeing it from afar. Yeah. And then it also has an aerial view, like I said, of the castle and the lake. Yep which is uh, one of the very few consistent things between the first two movies and the third one. Yeah. 
there is that's why i wanted to emphasize yeah. that i kind of i know jump from one scene to the other before yeah, we left but good. because it was a deleted scene i didn't know if we were gonna have a chance and there's another it. deleted scene i don't know in what chronological order it comes but harry here is a group of hufflepuff students it's coming up it's not yeah. right now but okay. yes right. you can we... you can talk about it either way it's like a group of hufflepuff students talking i think it's hufflepuff talking about how they're gonna hide what's the guy's name the guy that gets petrified justin justin Flint, flinch fletchley something yeah. like that they're talking about how they should like you know save him in their own common room and how harry is trying to attack him it's probably in the in the book book not in yeah. the movie in the movie it's something similar no don't you think I don't remember. There is a deleted scene coming up, but it's not quite that, and I'll reference it okay, right. in the chronological order. All right. Uh, but, but there yeah, is like those there. two deleted scenes, I think, like add to the idea that hey, Harry is hated by the whole school kind of thing. I agree with you. Actually, you'll see that throughout this episode, and maybe the next one, there's going to be so many deleted scenes that I will reference that honestly make me think that they had so much fun filming all these scenes during this movie only two hours and 40 minutes or so made it in the movie but i can tell you they filmed way more than three hours worth of material because there are so many deleted scenes that are not even released yeah, yeah and because i haven't seen deleted scenes too often seeing them is like oh, such nice yeah i agree treats <laughs> all right all right let's go to the next scene. anything about this one no no word yeah we're okay good. then let's move on to the next one where we see Harry being stared down by students who think that he's probably the great, great, great grandson of Salazar Slytherin, forcing him to leave the library where they are studying or doing homework or whatever. Uh, there's not much that I'd like to say about this scene other than it is a nice setup for the upcoming one. I don't know if you have anything else to say. Why is McGonagall it looking is over not. them? It, that's not no, McGonagall. It I looked like McGonagall. Try to zoom in and it's not. I have two theories. Uh, first, it looked like McGonagall, but I think it's another professor that they always use as an extra. It's in the first movie as well. She has a pointed hat. Like or orange. it's Madame Pence. Or from... it's a librarian. Yeah, I think yeah, Because I can Madame also Pence. see her very, for a few seconds, very, very few seconds, um, kind of giving a book to a student. The student yeah. goes by and get, finds a book. Yeah, if it wasn't McGonagall. But it is not McGonagall, Madame... no. Yeah, the librarian. Interesting. Yeah, that's the only thing that I noticed and that questions about. All right. Well, in the next scene, nearly headless Nick, the ghost, as well as Justin Finch, Fletchley are petrified. And Harry is caught by Mr. Filch in the crime scene. Uh, All right, I, you go first. Sure. I'm just going to reference a theory here that I mentioned in the last episode. Uh, more uh -huh. like a, a hypothesis. It's the one that explains why Harry always seems to end up being near the crime scenes, near these places where people are being or things or animals are being petrified and that's because without giving too much away even though most likely everybody listening yeah, to this podcast yeah, has seen it all harry has something inside of him that uh, makes him speak to snakes but it goes the other way around snakes we know can speak to him too as yeah. we know from the first movie so it's something that is attracting the snake near harry and then as he is in that vicinity he is getting instructions to attack certain muggle yeah i think it's not just that 
Harry is following him because that also is part of it because he's following the voice coming from the walls and going towards it, but probably it could be also coming towards him, not to, because it's trying to frame Harry, but you know, it's one of the few things he can talk to. Also, another thing that I've been thinking about is that where is, how is Voldemort getting the instructions to give to the snakes as to who to attack? He's getting the information from Ginny, right? He doesn't know who the Muggleborns are. So definitely this is going to be an episode full of spoilers. Yes, he's yeah, getting it from yeah. Ginny. So he's getting it from Ginny. So my idea is that like Ginny is telling him like, hey, there is this guy who's following Harry and he has been annoying him. And yeah, it could be. And you know, like Colin Creevy and he's like, oh, I can frame Harry for this. It's it like, could right, be. I'm going to petrify or kill Colin Creevy. Very plausible theory. Very and then plausible. the next one is, oh, hey, Tom, Ginny. This is Ginny, by the way. Hey, Tom, Harry spoke <laughs> today. <laughs> and he was, he spoke parcel mouth and everyone thought that he wanted to kill Justin Flinch Fletchley or whatever his name is. Hey, Ginny. And Sorry I didn't respond to your message. <laughs> Just got home. Thank you for letting me know. I'll take care of it. Yeah. You know, and Tom. then like, yeah, and then, smiley face, and then, <laughs> and then Justin is attacked. Um, Justin. I don't like that they included a ghost here. You know, and like how the ghost was petrified because it couldn't die again. That's just stupid. Like, just it adds so many loopholes. Like, how are they gonna drink the mandrake just potion? Just vapor, just vapor. Yeah, potion. vapor. Yeah. And how but, are they gonna move nearly headless Nick and just take a book and start making some? You know, left, yeah, that, right I, I think, and I think that might be wind. mentioned. I think that might be mentioned <laughs> in the book. I'm not sure. But yeah, I, it just seemed like adding too much plot hole there. But they have a detail here. They do. All right, you go ahead. Are you talking about it? Justin seeing the beast through the ghost? No, no, no. no oh, a, yes. They have, there's detail. a hint related to the spiders. We see the spiders walking away from the crime scene. And this is something which will become relevant That's later catch. towards the end of the episode because we see that whenever there is a crime or a petrification episode, there is spiders around. There is another And this detail. will come in useful later. Okay, what is the other detail? There is water yes. in the ground. Yes, there is water in the ground. That is correct. And there was water in the ground where Mrs. Norris was attacked. And there's going to be more water in the ground. We don't, well, we don't know when Colin Creevy was attacked because we don't see the scene. But the two scenes that we see is that we see water in the ground and then it's explained that the basilisk is traveling through the pipes. Yes. So yes. I think it's super, like, it was a good, it was a good thing. Very yeah. good. I agree with you 100%. Anything else you notice? Any other Easter eggs? No, like this isn't an Easter egg. It's more like a clue, you know. Like those are mystery movies, so it was like a clue between one and the other, and it is paid back later, paid off later. Like I've said before, because these movies have a huge budget, it would be rare for them to include a scene that did not help move the plot forward or did not serve anything. So yes, almost everything matters. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's all I had to mention about this. All right. Well, then, because Harry was caught in the crime scene, so to speak, he is sent by McGonagall to the principal's office, in this case, headmaster's office, 
to report about his alleged crimes. Dumbledore's office is very cool. I'd like to start by saying that. I agree. And lucky for us, it is consistent throughout the series. Do you agree? I think it's mostly consistent. I don't remember like the fourth one. I don't think we see the office in the third movie. We probably don't, but we in see the it in the fourth, fourth one. It, we see it weird. a lot in the sixth and the seventh, a little bit. Seventh part two. I'm pretty sure we see it in the. Oh, we see it in the fifth. Yeah. Yeah. So really, it's only the first or the third that we don't see it. Yeah, and I think the fourth one is kind of odd. Yeah, if I remember, but it could be just the colors as well. There's I mean, a lot of blue colors. And they have to add whatever objects need to be added. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every office is renovated every now and then. We're talking about seven years and eight movies, so. Oh, come on, like renovated. I, I don't think. Ex- in the books, the office is the same. Here's from the thing. when Voldemort visits the office to when Harry sees the memory of Voldemort visiting the office, he's like, Wow, it could be just like I would, like Voldemort was sitting in the chair that I am sitting. So, but we are analyzing the movies. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I thought you were talking about renovating, as in like, and like, oh, I don't like this kitchen. I no. want to change it. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that they did not seem to come up with an entirely different office for Dumbledore, True. just like they come up with an entirely different house and location and setup for Hagrid. Yeah, fair. Do you know what I mean? Understand. Like you can tell, even if you do not watch the movies in order, by watching one random movie where Dumbledore's office is shown, you can randomly choose the second one to watch and you will know that you are in Dumbledore's sure. office. Sure. That's what I'm trying to say. Fair, fair. Now, Sorry for getting agitated. No. <laughs> not at all. I just love Dumbledore's office. All right, all right. Um, one other thing that I notice here is that the hat talks without being on someone's head. And I know what you're going to say. In the books, it yeah. always used to be like that. It actually sings a different song at the beginning of every school year. So the hat does have a personality Yeah, but the hat... in, in the books. But in the movie, in the first one, it doesn't seem to come to life until it touches a student's head. And that is a good thing that you have noticed because in the book, Harry actually puts the hat on in oh. order for the hat to start speaking. I did not remember that. Yeah. While in the movie, it's just like this hat comes alive on its own. And I'd be okay with that if they had shown the hat at least once in the movie, sing one of the songs at the beginning of the school yeah. year. But they just went from the first movie where the hat just comes to life in someone's head to the hat just... No, having a personality and sitting around. It must be really creepy being in Dumbledore's office with all those portraits that are interconnected and can get to the outside world and talking and snoring and the hats talking and... Think about that. Uh, it's all of Hogwarts. All of Hogwarts has portraits that but, are all around. Particularly his office. Yeah. Because I haven't seen any moving portraits in the students' dormitories. Where does Dumbledore sleep? random question Uh, see i've always wondered like do they have like spouses like do they go home like do they have families none of the professors and teachers seem to have families like we don't hear about like professor sprout having a husband or a wife or whatever 
I don't know. That's a good question. And same with McGonagall and Flitwick. None, none of them. And maybe they do. Maybe they just have, you know, kind of like apartments in the school. Yeah, but why are they never mentioned? Because they're insignificant and they would just require more actors to be paid. And of course, but like, uh, why they aren't mentioned in the movie, in the yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, again, even books cost money. The more pages you add, the more. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You have a good question. I don't have the answer to that, unfortunately. Just something that I've wondered. Now, we also witness in this scene the death and rebirth of Fox, the Phoenix. Uh, pay attention to some of the skills that uh, the Phoenix has yeah, appointed yeah, by course. Dumbledore. They can carry heavy weights and uh, their tears can have yeah. healing power. I just wish they had mentioned the third one which maybe would have never become relevant in the future, but just so that these two are not very obvious to come in useful later. Exactly. You know what like, I mean? Yeah. Also, yeah. I didn't know that until recently, or not that recently, but Fox later. Yeah. Was the phoenix that gave the feather to both Voldemort's one. Oh, and no, no, no. One. That I knew. Of course I knew. I mean, okay, okay. Come on. I've read the books multiple times. All right. No. How do you spell Fox? P H O X? <laughs> no. I was thinking like Phoenix. No. Yeah. It's F A W K E S. It's Fox. Um, Not Fox. F O X. Fox. Yes. How did Hagrid know so fast that Harry was accused of petrifying another student and the ghost? Because everything happened so fast. He sent to Dumbledore's office pretty much right away. Yeah. And then within minutes of him being there, Hagrid is up there. He knows the news already. He goes to Dumbledore's office. It just seems. A little too rushed. The reason why it's there is because it's in the books. And in the books, it's not rushed. In the books, Hagrid meets Harry before they split up. And Harry goes and finds Justin petrified. And then he goes to Dumbledore's office. And Hagrid finds out and he's like, you know, he had a meeting with Dumbledore. He, if you notice, he has the roosters in yes, his head. Yes, I noticed that. Yes. Yep. Um, so... The whole reason why he's there is because he had a meeting with Dumbledore and the reason why he says Harry is innocent is because he literally met Harry like seconds before and he's like, yo, he didn't have time. I met him like seconds before he found the kid petrified. I wish they had included that in the yeah. movie, but, but that's didn't. the reason. And maybe they filmed it, but they didn't. I don't know. They didn't yeah. include it. Who knows? Well... Anything else you have to add about the visit to Dumbledore's office? Um, the rooster is a nice touch. Uh, I don't know if it's paid off. If I paid more attention, which I should for the next episode, uh, when they find the piece of paper from the book that Hermione has that explains, that talks more about the basilisk, I think it, in there it is written that the song of a rooster will kill a basilisk. Which seems like a very minor thing to Achilles kill a heel. huge, yeah, to kill a yeah. huge beast. Uh, but yeah, I like the little touch that they're roosters and roosters have been dying all year. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Shall we move on? Yeah. You seem like you have something else to say. No, no, no. I'll mention it. I have something to say, but I'll mention Just it say later it. on. It's just like the interaction between Harry and Dumbledore. I think it's really cool 
when Dumbledore asks him, is there anything you'd like to tell to me, Harry? And then he uses it later. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Well, Christmas season has arrived back at Hogwarts, and the Polyjuice Potion is finally ready. Before we dive into this scene, I'd like to honor a couple of deleted scenes. One of them you kind of touched base a little bit about. The first one is with Fred and George saying, hey, look, everyone, it's the heir of Slytherin. Be careful. He's very evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Ron then in response says, oh, come on, Harry, Fred and George, we're just having a laugh. Uh, then in the next one, Harry expresses how now he thinks he may be, you know, the one that's doing these terrible things and not knowing that he's doing them. He says this to Hermione because all the things lead to in the same direction, right? He's always in the crime, in the crime scene. He's talking parcel yep. tongue, who is a very specific trait to the heir of Slytherin and all that. Uh, and everybody is just, you know, just pushing him that direction. And then Hermione tells them that Malfoy is staying at Hogwarts for the holidays too. And that coincides with the time when the Polyjuice Potion will be ready. So we also learn, even though it's a deleted scene, that everybody's staying at Hogwarts for Christmas, including Hermione. Everyone that matters. Everyone that matters. Not everyone, sorry. Meaning uh, Harry, Ron, Hermione this year as well, Draco and his friends. Uh, and this implies also that it was early, maybe mid-November, when they decided to use Polyjuice Potion which is very consistent because the first attack, if I'm not mistaken, on a, or from a basil, from the basilisk, from the monster was on Halloween, yeah. which was October 31st, which meant the next day or maybe a few days later, early mid-November, whatever, they talked to McGonagall about it. And it was after yeah. leaving her class that Hermione has this good, idea damn good catch. to use the polyjuice potion. Very good. I'm glad the timeline adds yeah. up because about a year later is December, Christmas time. Yeah. So that's very good. And also I noticed that in the scene where they are getting ready to put Crab and Goyle to sleep and use the Polyjuice Potion and all that, the Great Hall is, I don't know, 25% or less full with students. Yeah. It's only with those students who, for whatever reason, could not go back home. Just observations. Yeah. Nothing too very fancy good. here. Very good. Do you have anything else to add before we move on? Uh, not anything like in particular, but just something that I've wondered from the books and from the movie. We learn later that Lucius was the one who caused the Chamber of Secrets to open inadvertently. Well, he gave the book to Ginny. Ah, that's what you mean, yeah. You know, and then like it opened. So he knows that the Chamber of Secrets is opened. He knows that Muggleborns are in danger. Why did he leave his kid there during Christmas. That doesn't make sense, especially when we know that he always goes back for Christmas. Malfoy, I mean, Draco. Why yeah. Lucius, like, this, that just doesn't make sense. And Crab and Goyle staying there as well. They do whatever Draco tells them to do, so I'm not too... But why Draco stay there? Like, that doesn't, just doesn't add up to me. Probably because he was waiting for an attack on Granger because Granger was staying and he wanted to stay because he was so excited that something might happen to Hermione. Still, <laughs> like it just seems reckless 
in um, Lucius's part. Yeah, I suppose. And like during the Battle of Hogwarts, he's like Lucius wants to do everything to stop the battle and get his son. Because he starts loving his son eventually, six movies later. But now he wants his son to die. No, I, uh, I, I just think it's I was like one of those sarcasm. like Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I just think it's just a lazy way to like add some more plot and more interesting things. And, you know, just why couldn't they do it, you know, not during Christmas? I don't know. But then, like, they would have more people around, I guess. So that was the reason mm-hmm. to do it during Christmas. Still, yeah. Also, like, maybe they wanted to put Malfoy as a red herring. Which yeah. they did, but it was about he's about to be exonerated in yeah. a couple of scenes. All right, all right. All right, then let's move on to the next one. In the next scene, Crab and Goyle are fooled into eating yummy floating treats, which causes them to fall asleep, enabling Harry and Ron to hide them in the closet and steal some of their hairs for the Polyjuice potion. I may have said this before, maybe in the first season of the podcast, but I will say it again. The actors who play Crab and Goyle never ever say a word in the whole series. As we will find out, even when Harry and Ron transform into them, they still do not speak with the voice of Crab and Goyle. And we'll talk more about that later. The only thing that Goyle says, but it's not clear, is, oh, cool when he finds one of the floating treats and that's it they also speak one of them speaks in the seventh movie what does he say when he's like cursing avada kedavra in the room of requirements is that and the original yeah goyle or yeah, not yeah, yeah. or not it's either crab or goyle i don't i cannot tell them apart so goyle is not recast it's crab that's recast yeah, but the you yeah, don't know which spell, one says it yeah i don't know which one but I'm the spell sure, comes i'm pretty sure it's not the original one we'll see when we get to the seventh one but isn't it like amazing how in the whole they, they, they show up one of them at least shows up in all the movies and says only one word the other one doesn't say anything he tries yeah. to at least say cool and that's it yeah. It's just sad. I mean, they could have said a couple of words for comic relief. Uh, or they could have spoken as Harry and Brown. They could have, which we'll get to that in a second. It's just sad that we don't hear them say anything. Also, Wingardium Leviosa is used again here, making it one of the most popular spells in the series so far because this spell is cast at least three times successfully. One by Hermione in the Charms class, another time by Ron. By Ron. When fighting the troll. And when fighting the troll, and then now here again. By the greatest wizard of a generation. Yes. Harry Potter. Yes, because now he can cast spells. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about this scene that you'd like that? I really like the muffins. Every they're time yummy. I look at them, they're yeah. Yummy, yes. They're really good. I, always... I don't know why. I always thought, why do they, I mean, they're collecting treats probably while going home or to their house from the Great Hall. But it makes sense. 
they're staying here for Christmas. It's Christmas. You know, there's a lot of dessert and yeah, food. Yeah, so I and... ate in the cafeteria during college. Yeah. Uh, and I can tell you that, like, we had a rule that you couldn't take food out mm. but one fruit. And if no one would tell me anything, I'd be taking food with me. You know, you're in your own dorm. You want to eat sometimes. So I understand that part completely. Yeah. And those, as you said, those muffins, they look They're yummy. amazing. Very amazing. Only problem is that someone drugged them. And we don't see any problem with that. Like Hermione drunk, drugs two kids. She's probably the biggest rule breaker in the whole school <laughs> from the beginning of the series. Yeah. Because she's capable, right? Yeah, she's capable yeah, of yeah. doing it. She drugs two kids. She's egged on by others. She drugs but... two kids and they put them in a closet and take their shoes. Yes. And then she also pretends to be someone else or helps people pretend to be others, helping them basically, you know, trespass. Yeah. Because that's what they're doing. Just the polyjuice potion is creepy. And I think like the fact that they allow it to change from like male to female, you know, that's not just, in this movie. Not but... in this one, yeah. but like in other ones, like flirt transforms into Harry. It's not just that, male into female. It's the idea of transforming and becoming somebody else is creepy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. True. Like imagine like everything. But I like that like yeah, we're jumping kind of into the next scene. But well, I like that they add, you know, like, it kind of like it made it make sense. Like, uh, Rowling made it make sense. Like, you put a part of their DNA. Kind that's of. very, yeah. yes, very good in terms of how it could work. All right, here yeah. comes my first it's question all you need. of yeah. the quiz today. What? What color oh boy. is the polyjuice potion before drinking it? In the books, probably you're talking about. In the books, yeah. Green. Wrong. I was it, shooting in the dark. It changes based on the person. Oh. So Harris has a different color. Goyles has a different but color. But you said before adding the hair. Before drinking it. You said before adding I, the hair. Okay, well, luckily for us, <laughs> this is recorded. So we can go back and listen and we can see would you have gotten it if i said before drinking it i'll probably cut the scene all right <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> you wouldn't get this because you don't watch rick and morty but there is an episode where rick zaps morty's memories every time rick makes a mistake it's like <laughs> that never happened either way <laughs> oh my god, I've set my memory. Oh, Murray, your memories are worthless. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that's uh, it's creepy. The transformation scene was done very well. You know, like the CGI or whatever they used. Uh, yeah, in the next scene, which we practically moved on, Harry and Ron, Harry and Ron are transformed into Crab and Goyle while her mind decides not to go after something went wrong with her polyjuice potion. Okay, what do you think about the voices not changing? I don't like that for multiple reasons. First of all, I don't think this is the case in the book. It's not. Second, there, since this is the episode of spoilers, there is a major character in the fourth book and movie, which basically is drinking polyjuice potion, if you think about it, 
constantly for almost a year on the top yeah. of every hour if not more often it's ridiculous does he drink it at night though oh probably not i don't think i wouldn't what if someone comes to you and knocks but every again let's leave it for the fourth movie yeah i think it's not feasible by the way to drink it every hour or at during the top of the every night. hour during the night because then he'll be sleep deprived and dead soon yeah so probably he doesn't but anyway in the fourth movie that character or that that in, intruder i'm gonna call it uh, changes the voice to the voice of the person that he yeah. becomes but there's I, so many I, plot I, holes i've always like... explained that 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 maybe either hermione did not have one of the ingredients did not have access to one of the ingredients that would do the voice as well and she intentionally decided to move on without it or in the fourth movie the person that changes the appearance also does another potion that also changes the voice simultaneously but it's the same the, potion these are the main Snape reasons smells it and he's like polyjuice potion um but you're talking about the ingredient but also in the seventh movie when they use polyjuice potion they're still using their own voices and this polyjuice potion was not made by hermione a second year student so you'd expect but i like the ingredient theory but still i, I think mean, it's just the movie being stupid well, here's the thing in the movie whenever hermione makes a polyjuice potion like you said the voice doesn't change but when i'm talking i'm referencing seventh movie part two yeah still the voice the voice doesn't change but in seventh part one it doesn't change still yeah I, and I, she didn't prepare it in seven at all the polyjuice potion that they use in book seven she stole from in book seven there is two times they use polyjuice yeah but potion. it's the same one it's the same one that they steal so like hermione steals it um under mad eyes eye <laughs> sight um uh, but it's mad eyes potion that she steals they don't they don't make any potion i wish the I, I wish the voice changed yeah the biggest I problem i have with the voice is also that you would recognize my voice wouldn't you exactly and Percy I mean, does not i mean sometimes i try to you know imitate other characters and i like do it. margaret thatcher <laughs> <laughs> and i fail at doing that yeah, that was really good most of the time but you would know it was me i think most of the time and then you had two people in the mix i mean harry and ron what are the chances that Malfoy does not rec- even if it doesn't recognize that it's Harry and Ron because they try to change their voice, he would recognize that these people do not sound the same like they did yeah. a few hours ago. I agree. Yeah, I have problems with. Also, <laughs> there is too much music theme in the background while this transformation is happening. Maybe because I had forgotten. I do not remember hearing this much sounds in the background and music but yeah it was too much for me maybe because i'm getting old but the cgi was good yeah they I did agree. a very good job very, at very showing how harry looked at himself in the mirror while transforming himself and it was done very well yeah and so. knowing like they show very little of this in the other movies you know they kind of just like this was the best let's say this was the best polyjuice transformation scene in the whole movie series period and in addition to that which i completely agree by the way they went above and beyond to make this scene possible 
by not having them speak with their own voices because they had to dub, right? They had to dub yep. Harry's voice. Yep. They had to dub uh, Ron's voice. And I think there might be a good reason why. How would they justify Hermione speaking with her voice when she got transformed into a cat? Like, she would just say, meow. No, but like, it's like the... She didn't get transformed into a cat. And That's she did. the point. No, she had a no. Tail. She like, but she wasn't completely a cat, because the polyjuice potion is only oh, for humans. Exactly. All right. So, you're smart. I just pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so then they Harry, go. Yeah. Well, Harry and Ron transform into golden crab, run into Draco first, and then Percy, while trying to find us to their common room. The only thing I'd like to point out here, in addition to, you know, how Percy does not even recognize that that's his brother's voice or Harry's voice, is a funny quote from Draco when Harry says, oh, I was reading. And again, nobody can find out that that must be something related to Harry because Harry has those kinds of glasses in the whole school. Uh, he says, oh, I was reading. And then Draco says, reading? I didn't know you could read. Yeah. Like he didn't say, I didn't know that you read, you know, because somebody who can read maybe just doesn't read for fun yeah. or is not very studious, but he literally says that I didn't know you could read. Yeah. This is how thick he thinks his friend is. Yeah, also like Goyle. Another thing that I didn't like about this is that Harry's vision gets fixed when he transforms into Goyle. That makes sense because Goyle doesn't have Yeah, he doesn't problems. have glasses. So he takes off the glasses and later on like his vision starts to get blurry when he's transforming back to Harry but this is completely overlooked or maybe he thought that this is Goyle's vision this is how he sees <laughs> yeah or maybe you know <laughs> the glasses that they use are just prop glasses and they don't have an actual lens in them so <laughs> I don't think it was a mistake I don't think it was yeah no it's a reference for reference it, it was not a mistake. mistake yeah well, in the next scene, we learn from Draco that Harry is not the heir of Slytherin and that the Chamber of Secrets was opened 50 years ago, right around the time of events in the second and maybe the third Fantastic Beast movie, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I'll reference that later in a little bit. But first, I'd like to start by saying that Draco has a very distinct way of saying the word Potter. How does he say? Pata. Pata. <laughs> like he puts that uh, emphasis on the letter T. Yeah. Like, nobody does it as good as he does. Hmm. Didn't notice that, yeah. Pay attention next time. I think he practiced saying that a lot. Um, they rushed the Dumbledore scene a little bit. Dumbledore? When, yeah, when it's like Dumbledore is the worst thing that happened to Hogwarts. And, yeah. like, then Harry just jumps in the books. It's built up more, you know. They're talking about Dumbledore. And Harry's just, like, boiling from the inside. Well, you see, the movie is three yeah. hours long. Yeah, true. Already. Yeah. But if they make a series out of it, then I'd be all for it. Another thing that I really liked here is that, and I noticed this before, but now as well, but when I was younger, I noticed this. Um, the room... Like the common room in the Slytherin house looks, it reminded me of a Nimbus 2001. It's kind of green. Yeah, it's yeah, it is. slick. Yeah. It's cool. There's leather. I don't know. It's it, cold. Cold. Ugh. But like, 
I like how like the Nimbus two thousand one and their common room. They it's very good. You know, they so look I, like they fit I together. Agree. I completely agree. Yep. Um, and the Nimbus two thousand also fits with the Gryffindor common room. True. True. Yeah. Very true. It's <laughs> it's brown. It has those warmer colors. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just something that I noticed, and then. Um, for the second question of the quiz. Quiz? Yes. What quiz? We have the quiz. The uh, quiz at the end. Yeah, well, I do mine during, <laughs> the, during the podcast. Do you know what was the password oh. to get into the common room? Pure blood. I think you're right. I mean... It's an easy guess. I think it's either pure blood or mud bloods, but it's pure bloods, I think. If it's mud bloods, they probably have something else in the yeah. password. Yeah, it's pure blood. Okay. Yeah. We also see Malfoy in the scene stealing somebody's stupid gift. Well, it's a prop. It's a prop yeah. for him being preoccupied with the gift while Harry and Ron are running away because they're being transformed back into themselves. But it's just worth mentioning that they make Malfoy look like a thief in addition to making him throughout the series so far look racist, spoiled, a cheater, a show-off, and many more. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, at the end, Ron's hair turns red so much that by the time he's leaving the area that's visible by Draco, it seems like his hair is fully red, like, I'm just surprised that Draco is not alarmed because he's he seems smarter than that. Yeah, not alarmed at all. And when he meets Crab and Goyle next, he's not like, "Hey, remember last night?" He has low expectations. Where him, were so. you guys? And imagine like Crab and Goyle just waking up in a broom cupboard. Speaking of, there's a deleted scene about this. Okay, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there's a deleted scene of Crab and Goyle walking up, waking up. Sorry. And looking at Harry and Ron running and uh, half transformed into Crab and Goyle still. Uh, they're wearing their uniforms still. Crab and Goyle, the original ones. Yeah. Because in another deleted scene, which I forgot to mention, before they take the polyjuice potion, we see that Hermione secured the Slytherin uniforms from the laundry. Yeah. Now, there is a little bit of confusion here because when they're in the Great Hall and Hermione says, okay, give these two treats to crab and goyle and then once they're asleep get some hair of them and then put on your the, their uniforms but she says put on not steal their uniforms yeah they don't steal their uniforms because but the scene where then a few seconds later hermione tells harry and ron that she got these uniforms from the laundry oh, room is deleted so in my head i always thought that that they get their uniforms yes yeah as well as their hair in order to sh- pretend to be them. Yeah, they just got their shoes. Because so, Hermione, like the shoes, you don't have shoes in the laundry room. So, and their shoes, like Ron's and Harry's shoes, they don't fit. It's still weird though how, like you said, they don't discuss anything with Draco the day after. Like, hey, Draco noticed their hair turning red or they're act- them acting weird. And they would have shared with Draco that we saw ourselves, kind of. Uh, and we woke up in the closet. Yeah, maybe they did, but and they broke broke a thousand school rules and probably some laws as well. Either but, way, yeah. Well, in the next scene, we see that Hermione was accidentally transformed into a cat. 
and we already covered that. Other than finding an excuse for Hermione not to go in the common room, I do not see any other reason why that that death happened at all. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I, it's just a fun thing to do. She misses a couple of classes. But here's the thing. In the next one, we learn that Hermione is still in the hospital, according to Harry, until she stops coughing up for balls. Yeah. <laughs> Here is a plot hole, and I have a question for you. Didn't she have to explain to Madame Pomfrey what had happened to her? They explain it in the book. I don't remember what exactly she tells her, but she doesn't say that she took Polyjuice Potion. And Madame and... Pomfrey seems pretty skilled. And then she yeah. find out. Sure. In the next scene, Harry finds a book in the bathroom, flooded by moaning Myrtle. Uh, let's pay attention to some details. The bathroom was flooded. I noticed the same thing you noticed. I just wanted to reference it once. Yeah, but this, this wasn't flooded by the basilisk. Oh, yes, it was. No, 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 it wasn't. Because, like, the book doesn't have to do anything with the basilisk at this point. It's Ginny that's throwing away the book because she thinks that the book is controlling her. Yes. So she decides to get rid of the book. By flooding the bathroom? But not flooding. She throws the book down the toilet and Moaning Myrtle is there and it hits Moaning Myrtle. Oh, it goes through her. goes through Moaning Myrtle. And Moaning Myrtle, in protest, floods the bathroom. Which brings me to my next question. How did Moaning Myrtle, a ghost, a see-through being, practically air, air that has color not even color just whatever yeah. different uh how do shades, i say it shades yes of... shades whatever but air let's just air trying to find a physical term here how could she open a pipe yeah i i've been wondering the same thing i don't know like do ghosts become because like we see ghosts moving things we and see... I've always wondered, like, even, you know, like when in those like paranormal activity videos, you know, on YouTube and stuff like ghosts move stuff. How do ghosts move stuff, but also have stuff go through them? Well, in Harry Potter, it's also different because they don't usually move stuff. We see some movement from Myrtle in previous scenes where she's literally diving into the toilet. Yeah, and the toilet and the water jumps up. But I can understand that because if you really have, let's say, a big, big syringe full of air. Oh, I see. And then you mean. just put it in the water and just yeah, and press it. The, the air with will... high pressure of sure, the air, sure. the water will create a small tide sure. and whatever. I can see that, but I just cannot see her having enough force to literally turn on all the pipes. I just yeah, I I wonder difficult. the same thing. That's the biggest issue that I had. But yeah, as an explanation, it was Ginny who wanted to get rid of the book. And then Harry finds the book. Agree. Another detail that I noticed was that when the incident happened, Myrtle says that she was just, you know, in the bathroom. Reminiscing. Thinking, thinking about death. Yeah. The reason why I find this interesting is because, if I'm not mistaken, this is one of the prerequisites, some of which are unknown, to becoming a ghost. Yes. I think people that become end up becoming ghosts in addition to having unfinished businesses or whatever they they're thinking about death at the moment of yes 
That's correct. So just uh yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I noticed that as well. Anything else about this scene? How does Harry pick up a book that is with toilet water? Just like it that. Wasn't toilet water, it was tap water. No, it was toilet water. Ginny threw the book in well, the he toilet. Didn't know. He didn't know. In the in the movie, it's on the toilet floor. Yeah. So, plus, they've done much gross things in the movie. Yeah, true. So, I mean, think about what happened in the beginning of the first school year with the troll. And what also happened to like, the wand. Yeah, Ugh. yeah either way. <laughs> Nadia, it's, it's cool. The next scene is him writing. But before we move to that scene, there's a deleted scene. Oh my god. Yes. Right after the scene ends, we see Harry and Ron visiting Hermione in the hospital wing. I, d- I haven't seen this. Oh, again. you're in for a treat. All right. Yeah. They visit Hermione in the hospital wing, and she's the one that discovers that there is a name in the diary, Tom Marvolo Riddle. And it is interesting how she, meaning Hermione, does not recognize that name at all, given how smart she is and how much she's read. You think that she knows who Tom Marvolo R- Riddle. Riddle is. But Ron says, hang on, I know that name. Where do I know that name from? Then he remembers reading his name one night at detention while polishing a trophy 50 years of 50 years ago about special services to the school given to Tom Marvola Riddle. And he had to polish it multiple times because, because he, he kept slugs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the diary also appears to be empty. All of this happens in a deleted scene. That is such it a It was scene. such a treat. That is, su- I'm gonna go and watch yes. it after we're done with this. Isn't but, it amazing? Yeah, that's such a good scene. I'm enjoying watching these scenes because more than anything. it is, it is in the books as well, word for word, exactly like mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, Ron pukes and he has to clean it while Harry is doing detention with the uh, greatest Lockhart. wizards of all time. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, and like Tom Marvola Riddle. Yeah, I had this idea as well, but not. It is referenced later that not many people even knew that Voldemort was Tom Riddle. You know, they didn't make the connection at all because of, you know, the change in appearance and the fact that he goes by Voldemort. Yeah. So I could see why Hermione didn't know him. Got it. Got it. Well, let's move on to the next one then. In the next scene, Harry is absorbed by Tom Marvola Riddle's diary, where he sees, just like in a 4D, maybe, movie, uh, what happened 50 years ago. We learn that Tom Riddle accuses Hagrid and one of his, that one of his creatures, uh, meaning Hagrid's creatures, was the one that caused the murder of the muggle girl. And Riddle hoped that this would prevent the school from being closed as he had nowhere to go. I would like to start this by referencing a very, very small deleted scene (laughs) where Harry asks a ghost sitting in front of him in the Gryffindor common room to not make noise while Harry is struggling to make sense of that empty diary. Do you remember seeing this I I haven't seen this either. It's pretty funny. The most interesting question I have about this scene is that the ghost is also reading a ghost book. So the book is also see-through, but she she can move the pages and 
Yeah, that makes more sense than <laughs> reading an actual book. But how do you find ghost books? It's ridiculous. In the ghost library. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> ghost books, that's funny. But this little scene, though, explains why Harry starts asking right away whether or not Tom Riddle knows anything about the Chamber of Secrets. And when I say this little scene, I don't mean the one I just talked about, but the one... Previous. With, yes, previous with because Hermione. Because it happened 50 years ago that he got the word. Yes, That yes. Tom Riddle got the word. So yeah. Tom Riddle would know about yeah, I was gonna the Chamber of that. Secrets. Because when we were watching it, you were asking how dumb it is to just yep. you know, jump straight to that question. But even in the even in the books, it, they don't jump straight to it. But I know that's the reason why he asks. Also, the book is a bookseller that's in the Muggle world. So the diary was a Muggle diary. It wasn't even sure a magical one. Yeah, which I have other issues with, but I'll mention later. Now let's talk a little bit about this young version of Dumbledore as of 50 years ago. He does not look well, much. Let, let's explain first. Harry is writing in the diary and he kind of gets sucked in. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned that yeah. already. Uh, I said, I use the word absorbed. He's yeah. absorbed by Tom Marvola's sure. diary. But in this, basically he's seeing a 4D version, right, of yep. what's happened 50 years ago. And we see a younger Dumbledore played by the same actor. I think he did a good job. His beard is less gray and shorter. Even though everything is black and white. But you can see it's less. It, yeah. You can see yeah, it's I less agree. gray. The only issue I have, and I don't think there is anything that could fix it, is that later on when they made the Fantastic Beast movies, yeah, they and, don't look nothing alike. Right. Even though it's supposed to happen around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look anything like. Jude Law in the Fantastic Beasts movies, where we are currently just a few years before the time when the Chamber of Secrets was first opened. It's either around exactly the same time or two years off. But yeah, yeah not, he also dresses nothing like him. No, I'm hoping that in the next Fantastic Beasts movies, we have two or three left. At some point, Dumbledore will undergo a major transformation and he will be no, <laughs> slightly similar. No. But I don't think he will. It's just a small problem there. Also, Hagrid never mentioned before to Harry or anyone that we know of that he knew Tom Marvel the Riddle in person and they went to school together. Remember in the first movie when he and Harry were having lunch and he tells him about uh, this guy named Voldemort? Yep. He doesn't reference that I've known him personally. He was bad. or like He doesn't give any indication of any personal... Uh, relationship with yeah, with, with Voldemort other than the historical one. Yeah. I always wondered. It's so dangerous. Like what if Harry never got out? It could so easily he could so easily be stuck in there, which is worse in my opinion than being stuck in the chamber of secrets. Yeah. And then nobody would know where he's at. Yeah, I think I don't remember how they did it in the books, or maybe like they were vague about this. But I don't think like he like literally left, you know. I think it's more like he was shown the memory. Like I don't think he went in the book and the book had Harry Potter in it. So if someone <laughs> took the book with, they'd literally be carrying Harry Potter. 
so yeah um that's what i think about it um what else harry is the only person that's in color which was very well done yeah everything else is black and white i have a quiz for you this is my last one (laughs) okay you got one i think you got one i did yeah you didn't get the other this is the third one how old is Hagrid supposed to be in the events of this book? You want the exact age? Well, roughly, yes. Well, um, Hagrid was a student at Hogwarts, and students at Hogwarts are anywhere between 11 and 18 years old. So I'm giving you a range, and if that range is not good enough, I can narrow it down. Should I narrow it down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want the exact age. Like, oh, uh, okay. He was probably, I think, in the third year when he got expelled, wasn't he? So that would make him thirteen to fourteen years old. He was twelve. He was in his second year. Well, I was close. Yeah. So, most likely, twelve to thirteen year old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There is another deleted scene here after Harry leaves the book where Harry goes and wakes up Ron, kind of like in the same fashion he does in the first movie when he discovers the mirror of Harry's yeah. And this time he yells at Ron, telling him that Hagrid was the one that opened the Chamber of Secrets 50 years before that point. But we never see the scene in the yeah. movie. We just see the three of them talking about this. It's interesting how manipulative Tom Riddle is. Yeah. Like he shows him one scene and like now... Harry, who has known Hagrid for over a year and like who knows how kind-hearted he is and all of that is like, yep, Hagrid killed this person. And I don't think he thinks he killed anybody. He just thinks that indeed Hagrid was taking care of a creature who who killed someone. Which killed someone. And it makes sense because he's seen spiders, as I mentioned, leaving the crime scene. Right? Yeah, oh, true. And Harry in the memory also sees a spider. A spider, away. yeah, yeah. So fair. things start adding up. Yeah. It's manipulative fair. on the Tom side. Oh, I see. I didn't think about yeah. that. You were so good this episode. Thank Look you. Thank you. you. <laughs> it's my water. Yeah. <laughs> make sure to make that what I said way louder <laughs> and delete all the other ones. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I know I rushed this scene a little bit, but is there anything else you have to say? No, no, that's it's it's cool. I like this Tom Riddle a lot. I want to add this. This Tom Riddle is cool. Like he is, as he's described in the book, he's like tall, handsome. I just wish he was a little younger. Yeah, oh, he seems like he could be older than seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, but still, whatever. I like him. Like but I he... like. He plays it better, I think, than the other Tom Riddle that we see in the sixth movie. We see so in many. Slug, but like the one in Slughorn's office, that's like the worst one, I think, that we see. Yeah. Like we're supposed to believe that that one just killed the person. He just looks like he has a punchable face. But they couldn't get this man to play yeah. the one in the sixth one because it was like four years later and he would look even older. Yeah, even more than four years later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Between, you know, the second one and the sixth one. Yeah. Because they weren't doing it every year, I think. it's Roughly every year. 
roughly every year. I mean, there was one year in between the first and the second movie. So then they moved into maybe a year and a half, yeah, and a year again. But yeah. really, it was they did well. They okay, did, they did okay. not take as much time as they're taking between Fantastic Beasts. Now there yeah. was almost a new movie every year. It's like they awesome. had a script for this yeah. movies, and now they right, don't. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Well, if you don't have anything else to add, then that wraps up the movie analysis portion of this episode. Oh, all right. Quiz. And now we quiz. move to quiz. 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 <laughs> this segment has turned into only me asking you questions. Because, because I ask you questions. You questions during the yeah. episode. I keep it interesting. Okay. <laughs> what is a password to Dumbledore's office? This is like a... Sherbet lemon. Sure. Correct. All right. All right. This was the easy one. I yeah, know. Yeah, this was easy. Every quiz, you know, I try to cover cover all levels. Sure, to give everybody sure. a chance. I grade on a curve. All right. All right. Come on. <laughs> Who was Hermione planning to transform to using Polyjuice Potion? Melisand Bolstrom. I think you expect these. It's Melisand Bolstrom, but yes, I'll give that to you. That's correct. How many points does Moaning Myrtle say one can score if they throw a book? And it hits her stomach. And then how many points if it goes through her head? <laughs> that, was, that was really good. I think it's 10 points through the stomach and 50 points through the head. Correct. Boom. You're, you're checking behind you to see if I'm reading the, yes. the answers. <laughs> what date in history is Harry shown by Tom Riddle? June 16th. June 13th. I was gonna say June. It's June 13th. Okay, check if June 13th is a Friday. Is a Friday. Friday the 13th. Ooh. I don't have to check that. What year was it though? I looked up the year and it is 1943. Okay. Which makes me think that it I wasn't exactly 50 years ago because the events in this movie take uh, place around the year. Actually, they do. It's 1993. Okay, it was exactly 50 years before that. I take yeah. it back. But yeah. Uh, 1943, right? 1943, June 30th. I have a problem. 13th. June 13th. Is that a Friday? It was a Sunday. Okay. The so... problem I have with this date is not the year necessarily or the day of the month. It's the month itself. Yeah, it's why? pretty much why the was... middle of June. We know that school starts September 1st. Yeah. So that would mean that these students have... Two months off. Just basically. a little bit over two months yeah. off school. And it just doesn't seem right. I don't think school goes that late in the summer at Hogwarts. I think finals I think are around does. May. No, I think it finishes like early June every year. Okay. Then yeah, never yeah. mind. We'll not spend too much time with that. June 16th. Uh, three days it's off. It's 13th. Yeah, yeah. But I said 16th. And what is the name of the headmaster? Ma- uh, Dippet. Armando Dippet. Let me finish the question for the rest of the audience. You got it right. What is the name of the headmaster at the time when the Chamber of Secrets was first opened? Armando Dibbett. And I feel like you are cheating. But I have a quiz for you. Oh, you're not allowed to. You asked all your questions. <laughs> okay, okay. This is for extra points. Okay. Who is the headmaster when Tom Riddle graduates from Hogwarts? Dumbledore. Wrong. Armando Dippet. Armando Dippet. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. You know why? Because Armando Dippet was the headmaster until I think the early 90s, actually. 
the it, early 90s? No. I think so. No. I think so. Oh, no. He died in the early 90s. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're right. Well, any other questions you have for that me? Was a trick question. Any other <laughs> questions before we move on to the next segment, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, let's move on to the favorite spell in the movie segment and in the movie so far. This episode introduces us to two new spells while referencing an old spell. The old spell is Wingardium Leviosa, the levitation spell, which is successfully used by Harry to levitate those nice yummy treats. And then the other two are cast by the memory of Tom Riddle, particularly their system Aperium, the box blasting charm. And uh, Aranya Exome. Does Aranya mean? I looked it up, means nothing. Okay. Uh, I thought like it did mean like spider, spider or something. No, I maybe in some. I and looked then, up like Exome, like exterminate or something. I looked but... it up in Google Translate both to try to translate it from Latin as well as any of the other detected languages, but nothing relevant came up okay. for me. But yeah, it's a charm used to blast away uh, acromantulas or other large spiders. Uh, among these three spells, for me, the favorite one is obviously Aranya Exame, because it's good to know, you know, a spell to just repel large spiders. What about you? Same. And I wonder if Harry uses it. Oh, definitely. That he uses it in the next. He uses it more than once. He uses it twice in the yeah. rest of the movie, and thanks to this memory. Yeah, kind of, I picked that up also. I was yeah. wondering. Yeah. But this is your favorite spell in this movie segment. What about the whole series so far? Last time, your favorite spell, if I remember correctly, was Veraverto. Veraverto, to transform animals into water goblets. Or like, we don't know that. We don't know if Veraverto... But but I agree, yes. Between these two spells, which ones are... Veraverto spell. You just stick up with some really dumb spells. For me, it is still Expelliarmus, because it just seems more relevant. And now we move on to the last segment, which is the bi-weekly profit. The only thing we have to say in the bi-weekly profit this week is that we have to celebrate not one birthday, but two birthdays that occur between the two the last two episodes of the All podcast. Right. Do you know what these birthdays are? Tell me. Guess. Happy birthday to Fred and George Weasley. Born on April 1st, 1978. It's very interesting that they are born on April Fool's Day. That's funny. That was intentional, obviously. Yeah, of course. That's great. It's awesome. Well, that concludes the Bi-Weekly Prophet. Do you have anything else to add about this segment or everything else we talked about? Yes. So I just looked it up. Okay. Arania is derived from the Latin, uh, Latin word Aranea, Aranea, meaning spider. Oh. Uh, and eczemai is possibly derived uh, from exuo, Latin for I lay aside. Lay aside the spider. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, or uh, let's see, I banish eczema is also a conjugation of eczemo. Meaning, I banish, so I banish the spider. Good job to you and your friend Google. Yes. <laughs> Don't use Google. 
used another search engine because me and Google don't get along. <laughs> all right. Now, this is all we had prepared for episode four of season two. We remind you that we are coming back with the next episode soon. But until then, yeah. solemnly swear that you will be up to no, no good. good. Bye bye. Adios. <laughs>